It's you uptown. really wanted me to try to get all twelve cast members of the thing straight while drunk because I'm like, there's. I'm not. It's not going to happen <laughs> even if we had zero drinks. I know. So many. So many people. <laughs> it's a lot of dudes, and they're all called by like their last name. So you're just like, I'm just like, first black dude, second black dude, no. hairy guy, not hairy guy, the <laughs> who's, guy that looks like hairy he's guy. Most of them. <laughs> the oatmeal guy. I know Wilford Brimley. We got I oatmeal. Totally didn't know it was him until I looked up him. afterwards and I was like, oh my God. Without it's his Brimley mustache, without the stash. I couldn't tell. Oh, I knew straight away. You take I away watched, the mustache and I'm like, oh, who is that? Old I watched guy. a lot of Our House uh, back in the day and I was like a big Brimley fan. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on foxy yet dodgy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the, the final, final girl. girl. Hi. Hey, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Yes, I'm Terry. I was going to be like, I'm Julia. I'm Terry. We can we can switch names for today if you like. That's oh, great. Confuse all the listeners. Okay. I'm Terry. I'm Julia. It's confusing to everyone. Just kidding. It's already confusing to me. Let's go back. <laughs> I'm Julia. I'm Terry. And yeah. we're talking about 1982's The Thing. Yes, The Thing. John Carpenter. Oh, no, just kidding. That was the last. Oh, this is John Carpenter. This is it. This is. <laughs> I did have enough whiskey. This is going to be a great episode. I can't the wait. The title is Chariots of the Gods. Chariots of the Gods. Uh, this is got- I like this tagline a lot. Man is the warmest place to hide. <gasps> oh, that is gross. That's awesome. Oh. I like it. It's true, though. Ooh. Here's- this is going to kind of blow your mind a little bit. This movie was made for $15 million. Okay. Made thirteen. This movie did not do I'm well. sorry, what? Yeah, this movie didn't do what? well. What? Mm-hmm. I am shocked this was a flop. Yeah. This movie is like iconic, I though. know, it is now. I've heard about it from so many people. Obviously, I'm like the new we to the horror scene here. Sure, and I've not like ever seen it. I've, but I've heard about it my whole life, I feel like. Because I think our generation grew up with the video store culture, and this was very big in that. It was so probably it was one of those ones that was on TV a bunch, too. Repeating movies yeah. that people really loved. And I think this movie is incredible. I can't imagine why it didn't do well. I think it was because it was too gory. But that's what I, I like could about see that's it. That's the only I could see that being the only thing that would would stop it because uh, where Alien was like more like artsy, even though it was gory as hell too. But it was different types of gore. This is straight up gross. I love it. Yeah, I loved it too. Uh, so I have some <laughs> alternate universe casting for you. Of course, uh, this I think these are going to be really good ones. Uh, so Blair, who was played by Wilford, Wilford Brimley, Brimley, we love, uh, could have been Donald Pleasance. Really? Which I think would have been a cool casting yeah. choice. We could have, as Childs, we could have had uh, Bernie Casey, yes. Isaac Hayes, <gasps> Jeffrey Holder, yes. Ernie Hudson, oh. or Kyle Weathers. All of them would have been great. Yes. Literally, there's not a bad, that's not, none, not a bad choice for any of them. And then for McCready, you can picture Nick Nolte, Ooh. Jeff Bridges, 
Yeah. Harrison Ford, who seems to have been he up for everything. He was the it guy for everything, everything. because hello. he's amazing. And, and it's always like every time he comes up for one of them, I'm like, oh, I'd kind of rather it was Harrison Ford almost every time because he's, he's so amazing. His nuance and his performances, he's so great. And especially these really early like 70s, 80s ones where he hasn't really like hit Mosquito Coast yet, where he hasn't started doing those kind of darker, mm-hmm. deeper roles. Like with The Shining was one of the ones he was mm-hmm. up for, right? And like, I'm like, oh, 1970s, you know, eight, nine, The Shining, like the Harrison Ford would be great. Uh, also, Clint Eastwood or Kevin Klein. Hmm? Kevin Klein as McCready, very strange. <laughs> that feels like I think just because he does so much comedy now, that would be like a, a really, really different take. But I'm glad it was Kurt Russell. But, no, he's amazing. He's phenomenal. Uh, and I, it's his hair, his beard, so hot. It's beautiful. So hot. Like, I mean, the, the opening intro to him, like, you know, that you get of him, like, drinking and whatever. Drinking his J&B. And, and like, playing chess, chess, computer chess. I was like, this is a... I remember, I think I wrote that down. I was like, nice intro. I am into this character already. Like, just his, like, snarkiness with the computer. And, but then he ruins the computer for everybody. Just because yeah, he thinks but, the computer cheated. I mean, they probably have all played it for, like, months, it sounds like. Yeah. Or weeks or however long they've been out there. And, you know, people go stir crazy. And it's just like, ah... Uh, Gonna fi- he, but he could probably fix it. Yes. Is the thing like they're all really, really handy and like engineers and stuff too. So. Sure. So they're up in this Antarctic mm-hmm. uh, station, mm-hmm. uh, and it's winter of nineteen eighty-two, which mm-hmm. was the year this film was made. Uh, and we, it opens before we get the title sequence with a spaceship uh, falling to Earth. We see mm-hmm. burning, crashing, and then we open on a helicopter with a guy coming out with a gun, trying and chasing to shoot a husky, a dog. Yeah, this husky's like dog is running through like the tundra of Antarctica, and I and was if, like into that. Yeah, and of course they show him the dog looking very beautiful, and then all it's of a gorgeous, sudden, but it also strangely stops and has like a very keen knowing and stare. Uh-huh. So you're like, what's up with this dog, and why is this guy trying to shoot it? Probably not a good dog. No, probably not. Why Looks would like you be an adversary shoot it? already, but also the guy shooting him looked crazy too. So like, what's going on? And of course, all of the guys from the U.S. station come out to see what the hubbub is about because there's never any hubbub. Because it's the Antarctica. There's nothing nowhere. going on down there. Uh, and they see this helicopter and it crashes, lands, and one of the guys stumbles out after this dog starts yelling uh, in a foreign language mm-hmm. in uh, Norwegian uh, and Swedish. No, no I <laughs> uh, but I and the the translation of what he's yelling at them, just so we know, uh, get the hell out of there. That's not a dog. It's some sort of thing. It's imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away, you idiots. But these guys don't know that. They can't. They just think he's coming for them with and a gun. And we don't they, know languages. Yes. <laughs> and he, they just see he think he's crazy and he's going to shoot them as well, trying to shoot this dog. And so they shoot him. Yeah. Uh, kill him. And everybody's like, okay, well, the day just got a little crazy. I mean, that's wild. That's a lot of excitement at a sleepy little, like, you know, tundra space station, basically. Or not space, but, you know, state station. But, of course, mm-hmm. as humans, God take in that dog. And the dog has already jumped up and has started licking some of the guys. Already made some friends. Made some friends. Right away. And they take the, the dog in. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they don't. Like normal protocol, they don't put the dog in with other dogs in the kennel. They just let it hang out with them in the station. Yes. So something, the the guy Clark, who is uh, Richard Master, who has watched, watched the dog keeper at mm-hmm. the station, who is a very standoffish fellow 
and he's already aloof. He probably likes dogs more better than people. He's one of those guys for sure. That probably doesn't mind being in Antarctica for that long because he doesn't really like people anyway. So it's just like the the further he can get away from humanity, the better. He's into the antisocialness of being in a tundra station. Yes, <laughs> but there, you know, and there, there's there's a little bit of fun going on. We have Knowles, who is mm-hmm. like the cook, who's on roller skates, and they yeah, have like I a love that intro rec room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one of the men is shot, and you know, so like, there's this whole thing of what's happening. Why, so they decide do we have to go out and find the Norwegian station and see what's happening and see if we can help. So they bring Mercury out, who is the helicopter pilot. Who, even though there's a storm coming, they're going to go out there. And I was like, but it could be a whiteout, and we won't be able to see, and we could go down, and you get the danger of of what they're doing because it's a, it's a dangerous mission no matter what. Going anywhere in Antarctica. I mean, it, it takes, you have to take your resources with you yes. because you can die from the cold and exposure very, very quickly. So they have to prepare and get ready to go. And so they hop in the helicopter. And McCready's got a special hat that mm-hmm. he wears when he flies, which is kind of a dopey hat. Uh, but they get over to this uh, Norwegian station, which is not looking good. It's decimated. It I mean, it looks destroyed, charred. They, there's mm-hmm. definitely been burning going on. They go in, and this is one of my uh, favorite effects in the film. Is they have a, they find a guy who has apparently slit his own throat and wrists, and the, all the blood is frozen. It's coagulated and frozen, like in mid drip, because it's so cold out there. It's beautiful. I it, loved that too. It's beautiful, and that's sick at all at the same time. But you have to admire admire the artistry, which I always do. They did a really good, really good job. Rob Bottin, his effects are spectacular. Again, I was like early '80s, nice because. Some other stuff from the same era does not look as good, but then mm-hmm. you realize they spent a lot of money on this movie. Yes. And you can see it. It's beautiful. And they have all of these notes that they find, but all of the notes are in Norwegian, so there's nothing they can really do about it. But the most of the crew is gone. They find this strange block of ice. Like an like a rectangular igloo type of like half igloo situation. Where something clearly was in the ice and is it had now been contained and then been cut out. Yeah. Not in the ice anymore. Uh, they go out and then when they were walking out, they find this burned figure in the snow, which they decide to take back to the camp to do a dissection of to see what it is. Because it can't quite clearly, it doesn't look human, but it also doesn't look quite animal. They it can't could be figure anything. Out. They're not sure what the thing is. This autopsy (laughs) scene is gnarly. Yes. They're just going to cut into it and pull out some guts and man, it's like smoking and charred. So the doctor pulls out and he's like, yeah, there's a heart. These are like, these are real guts. This this looks like human remains. So something's consumed human or it was human or some semblance of human, but they're not sure what. And there's a kind of a, a... face that looks like it's been caught in between stages of transformation as like a face next to a face yes a face coming apart perhaps yes hard to say Mm -hmm. uh so now they know there's something not good and what are they going to do about it mccready i think is already starting to put together the pieces when he goes to the norwegian station he sees the block of ice and he kind of i think he's already starting to see that there's some sort of alien that they were trying invasion. to contain something or an invasion. He's just not sure exactly how it works yet, but he's, he's yeah, he's starting to see the pieces. But everybody else has the kind of curiosity factor, and I think he's the only one who has the kind of standoffish objective. Let's see what's happening with this. you got to have somebody in the group who does that, though. Somebody's got to stop and be like, hey, what is really happening? And he's great for that. And they have uh, Windows, who is their radio technician, who has been trying to radio out for two weeks. They have had no signal. They've had no, yeah, their comms are down and they had, they'd even tried to like 
had comms with the Norwegian, which, which is why they like ended up flying up there in the first place because there was nobody to reconnect with them. And they were the closest people to them right. out of all the stations that are down there. So they've been trying to get like a hold of civilization. They have not been able to. So they're isolated. Like there's no communications. This is like, feel like a common trope in the sci-fi. Sure. I've noticed this last, like the last all few the radios movies, always the radios failing are always failing. There's always some sort of problem with like within the group, there's some sort of tension. Right. So you're dealing with interpersonal tension. Again, we have that here for sure. Because sure. if you have 12 people, 12 guys, especially who are living all together for however many months they've been there, it's already going to be kind of miserable and then you put these other things mm-hmm. on top of it and no one's sure what's happening and no one's sure. Even though Gary's in charge, people are already starting because he shot the Norwegian and that was kind of a brutal thing. And so now they're like, oh, okay. So now they can't stakes even get information changed. from the guy. Yeah, and the stakes have definitely changed. They could have you know, restrained him or done something else, but no, it's it's definitely changed the, the stakes of the game. Um, so and they, even they talk about that too, like how long does somebody go crazy because they saw what happened at the Norwegian station Yes, and they were like, how long were they out? They weren't even out there as long as they had been Yes, is what they were saying. And they already lost it. Like how long does it take till someone goes crazy? And that's something they bring up again and again too. Yes. Like how long are we going to last out here with whatever's going on? And it's such a great dynamic because you have, there's nowhere to go Mm-mm. and there's no one to help. So nope. you're really on your own and it's it's a terrifying situation. And then you have Clark, who is the dog keeper, who mm-hmm. eventually is told to put the dog in with the other dogs and does. Uh, but as soon as that dog goes in there, the wow. other dogs know it ain't a dog. Yeah, start- because animals are always the bellwether. That's like yes. one of my favorite tropes, I think, now, like after watching a lot of these movies with you, Julia. Yes, the animals like, know. The animals freaking know when it's like a weird thing, when it's not right. This dog transformation is spectacular. It's so cool. It's his face splits open and the legs are coming out of its back. And it's I mean, got his this, face like, peels like a banana. Yes. Like that's what I love. It's like literally like banana peel back and then it's this other horrible face mm-hmm. inside the face yeah and then there's like whip things that are going around all crazy it's like spraying liquid out and just uh-huh. like who the hell they're like these tendrils yes. you know that reach out and, and like choking it and choke, grabbing other yeah. dogs and trying to like assimilate them into itself and basically get as many dogs as it, it basically can. like sucks the essence of whatever is around it and tries to become it as well it's crazy i love it because it's it, these this is like unlike any other alien transformation I've ever seen in any mm-hmm. other film. It's really unique, and I think the film cannot be what it is without Robertine's effects, which are just Hands going down. to you know, and it's just going to ramp up from here. Like this is like the first transformation. Yeah, you're like oh fuck, it's going to get worse, and it and does. It, it does. And they did not blow their wad in some small little. I'm thinking about the stay awake. Just listening. Oh, <laughs> the stay awake. That sad monster. But like the saddest. Compare that to this. <laughs> you think about that horrible green monster with the glowing eyes, and then you compare it to the thing. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, let's go out and see. They find this footage of the Norwegians have found this spaceship. Basically, they think. So they're like, oh, let's go take it yeah, out. They see pictures, but the footage. Yeah. Oof footage is not good because mm-hmm. everybody's losing their shit and they find you know they ask uh, one of the crew members asked Norris like how long do this sh- they find this like enormous ship and how long has it been here and he's like eh, like a hundred thousand years like it's been here it's ancient whatever forever. it is and but the Norwegians 
found it and we're like, yeah, let's fuck around with it. Like unleash this thing. So well, I re- they didn't know they were going to unleash a thing. They just thought, wow, we found this discovery. Like as you do, it's right. like, I found this thing that's, you know, going to like give me notoriety and fame. This is like what you go on expeditions. Like we talked about even an alien. Yes. It's like, this is what you go on an expedition for, right? Like you're supposed to find the thing that no one else has seen before. Oh, they found it all right. Right. And they took it home in a block of dice and it thawed out and mm-hmm. it became a thing, uh, which made me realize that this is uh, kind of the same plot as Encino Man. <laughs> it was like, oh, you like took a block of ice and there was something in the ice and then it like, that's and the movie. they thawed it out and now they have to deal with the consequences uh-huh. and how does that thing assimilate to like to society, to society as, now. Yeah. Uh-huh. This one does not do it quite as successfully as Brendan <laughs> Fraser does. Um, no wheezing the juice, but oh, there is lots no of wheezing the juice. But there's lots of like ices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ice does doesn't does uh, highly highly in this movie. So they also yeah. have a uh, a mother like computer that they put in factors where we see Blair asking. He's looking at the cells and how fast the cells are assimilating. Yeah, he runs to the, the simulation. Yeah. And uh, it says, the computer says that the likelihood of a, one of the ten, team members being infected already is 75%. Yes. And if the intruder organism reaches civilized areas, the entire world population will be infected in 27,000 hours, which is like three years. So it'll... Yeah, that's but it will literally decimate the entire Earth Yes, in three years. That's pretty quick. That's pretty fast, considering they're in Antarctica right now. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, and all it needs is something to continue to latch on to, let it keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and, but he, you know, the Bennings even says like it's it's the find of the century, though. Like we can't let it go. We have to like keep it, even though they know that these remains of all of this, like this autopsy they did, and all this dog stuff they're doing mm-hmm. autopsies on, are all infected with this thing yeah and they i mean they're not even seeing how it's oozing sometimes off the table yes and becoming its own thing and so bennings um the windows and bennings are kind of cleaning up and putting the things away in the closet and when windows comes back bennings is being assimilated and runs out to tell everybody and bennings comes out and he's like he looks like bennings except his hands are all kind of fucked up and they haven't formed yet yeah like it's not him the simulation didn't finish and uh, they they flare him and like burn him, gasoline him to death, burn him, and that like so this is where we get flamethrowers because the only thing that kills creepy alien things from outer space is fire. Yeah, fire. So we've had that like with alien, we had to get the flamethrowers out. Mm-hmm. Fire is, is is great. So then you have this thing where you have to kill somebody that looks like your friend. That, you know, to your face, it would be you, but it's not you. And you're it's like, that kind it's, of, mm-hmm. it's like the zombie thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not them anymore. It's now this other thing. Yeah. But so they realize they have to burn all of the specimens, which they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Blair goes bananas and starts just smashing shit up. Because he, I think partly because he was the one, because he didn't share with them that he did that um, little simulation thing on so the computer. So they don't know how doomed they how are. How doomed they really are because he's like basically, I think, kind of a little bit like not Ash, but like computer-wise, but like he knows that, hey, this thing is going to literally destroy the planet if it gets beyond us. So we've got to like get rid of it. Yes. But he also, I think, realizes he's touched a ton of it yeah. doing these autopsies so as he's the doctor. Done for. 
he's probably the one that's most likely to be infected already too, Mm -hmm. um, as I think that's also his realization. So I think he might also just be losing it in that. So he's smashing up the control room and like calm. So they're never going to be able to get like, leave this place now. He just, it destroys the tractors. He destroys the helicopter. He kills all the dogs because he knows they can't get out. And how hard I think that's part of his freak out is like, not only am I going to die, everybody here is going to die mm-hmm. and I have to make sure that we all die. Mm-hmm. So they take him and put him out a tool shed and they're like, okay, man, stay out here because clearly something's going on with you and we know yeah, you're losing it. Mm-hmm. We cannot have you near everybody else. So he goes out there and that's when they realize like he's smashed and killed and everything's destroyed. Done. Yep. Um, and, but he does tell them as they're leaving, watch Clark, who is uh, the dog keeper. So now the suspicion has been thrown on Clark, who is already kind of shifty. He always yeah. looks a little, um, and you know, and the, when they start to realize what's happening and how these the thing is assimilating to them, even Childs asks, like, if I was a if I was an imitation, how would you know? And they have to figure out how to find like a so they test. figure out a test, yeah. So they're like, you know what, blood, yeah. If you have human blood, you will be fine. But if it's not that. And we test it against this, like, you know, we test this blood, uh, it's going to freak out. Yes. it's mm-hmm. and, it, and this is such a, a great thing. And they've, you know, they, I've seen this movie in the theater a bunch of times and everybody freaks out the most at this scene. And it's mainly because people cut, cut their fingers. You see like the scalpel cut people's fingers. Oh yeah. We get body, body. And people can relate. You people. So you it's cut always your finger a, and it hurts. Because you viscerally feel it. Yes. Because it totally is something you've done before. You've cut your finger. But before this, we have this, this kind of this really great uh, scene where McCready and Childs are kind of stepping up to each other because Gary is like, I'm clearly not competent enough to be serving you guys, leading you guys. I'm stepping out of this. And Norris is, they asked Norris to do it. And he's like, I can't do it. So then he's not willing. Child's like, I'll do it. And they're like, no, 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 you don't get to do it because you're too hot headed and this is going to go badly. And it kind of immediately escalates into this situation where McCready's like, hey, I'm, you know, like, if you don't do this, I'm, I'm going, ready. I'm going to kill you. I'm, yeah. Because they want, he wants to sh- tie them up to the couch and like put them out with morphine because they think the people who are yeah. most likely infected. Uh, so we have this kind of standoff where Child's just like, you, you think he's nearly going to get shot. And then out of nowhere, Clark runs for McCready with a scalpel and he just shoots him in the face. Yep. You're like, oof. Things went bad. <laughs> Things. I mean, this cabin fever, like they're talking about, but it's like the high, high stress of like life or death is real, real close right now, and everything's real imminent. And anybody really could be the the next next one to turn. Yes, and so everybody's very suspicious of everybody mm-hmm. else. And uh, Fuchs, who is Blair's assistant, mm-hmm. is trying to tell them, like, look, I think it's this. We have to know about this blood serum test. He's trying to figure it out, but mm-hmm. he's just the assistant. And Blair, they go over to him and he's fashioned a noose in the tool shed. And you're like, ooh. It is looking grim, 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 grim for him. Yes. And but the fact that they see the noose and don't let him out, like that's how like he's you know, what could be a more sign that like I hey, I'm gonna kill myself. And they're just like, sorry. They're like, you probably should. Yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, because like you he's probably like, I want to come back inside, and they're yeah. like, not gonna happen. He says, I'm fine. Yeah. And you're like, no. no. The way you're saying it is making me feel he like he was too chill after going ballistic. Yes. Now he's too calm. And um, they find on the way back, they find Fuchs burned. And is it, you know, and, and because he had found us a, a piece of McCready's jacket. And so we don't know, does he think 
the thing has gotten everybody now is he and it's never clear what happens to him did he mm-hmm. get start to get assimilated and burn himself or did he do it before or what happened but he's like the body mm-hmm. count is starting to really it's piling real fast racked up and you yeah. have uh some of the people childs and uh gary like tied to the couch and shot up with morphine and the doctor and so they bring in um the they go out and norris has a heart attack Right. Like they're in this kind of in the in the warehouse storeroom and they so they have to do a kind of autopsy on him to see what's going on. So the doctor comes over and he's they're trying to defibrillate him to see if they could bring him back to life. Uh, And he defibrillates him and the chest. Oh, my God. Okay, this part. Like open. I I literally cheered. You did? Oh, good. Good. Because what happens is he puts the defibrillator down. So his hands, he's got contact. And all of a sudden, there's a mouth inside of his chest because the thing has infiltrated this guy. And he eats his hands (laughs) right off his body. You're laughing. I am. And then he's just got like, it's just because he's got nubs. And he's like, ah, like with his nubs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and shaking around, um, flailing with his nubs, but it just looks so good because, like, what's more terrifying than a chest, like a body cavity mouth? Yeah, that's I mean, honestly, bad. like thinking about a mouth because that's what's kind of terrifying and alien. I think too is like watching a mouth come out of somebody's like freaking yes. chest. But this thing is legit, like feed me Seymour mouth. Yes, it is. It's a big ass like <laughs> fly, Venus flytrap mouth, <laughs> and it just ate this guy's arm, doctor's arms off his body. <laughs> I can't believe you're laughing. What a fucking sicko you are. I am. But it was just so beautifully done. And I just also was like, A, I wasn't expecting it. Yes. So it's it's like a total jump, like happiness, scare, whatever. And then like B, they they just they commit to it and it keeps going. Yes. Because then the then his head like slimes off his body and Mm -hmm. comes under the chair. And then they I mean he he gets to he's like self-decapitated from this monster from inside. His head sprouts legs and starts crawling around which the guys don't notice right away because they're you know entranced by a guy whose arms just kind of eaten off his body yeah that would be distracting yeah uh, until uh palmer who is the like dropout druggie of the bunch mm-hmm. uh you've got to be fucking kidding and you're like yeah that's what you're up against guys just so you know just so you know this is how bad it is because it's gotten worse it's gone from like weird creepy dog that you were able to like you know, set on fire to like your friend having weird alien hands to like legitimately chest mouth or yes. body mouth. And then, so they set it on fire and like they try to, you know, flame throw and then they bring, they also have to, as soon as they set it on fire though, they they only have their station they're living in. So they have to set it, um, take the, put the fires out as soon as they're done right. burning. But that how, little head has yeah. escaped. How far, how, how far can you let it burn before it'll burn the whole place up? Yeah. It's a whole thing. And so now we really get into the, the, the blood and the needle test and finding out who was and who wasn't. And somebody had destroyed the blood supply. So uh, we find out that the doc who got his arms chopped off was mm-hmm. not, not infected. And also Clark, the dog keeper, was not infected. So the uh, Which is surprising as hell. Yes, because you're like, oh, it was clearly him. They told him to watch Clark the whole time, but it was just a, they were throwing him off the trail, getting the mm. scent off the trail. Uh, the thing but is we, smart. But we find Palmer, and Palmer's blood goes bananas, and he starts flipping out, and his head starts going But the problem is, is that they've all been tied because McCready has insisted that they all be tied down because he's not sure who's what. And so they're on this like bench all tied together. <laughs> they're trying to get away and going, and oh my like, God. But the end of the bench is popping up with this crazy alien thing. That's the part that I, I love that so much. I thought it was 
brilliant. Like, what would you do if like something freaked out and you're tied up and you do not have a way out right away? And it actually also is fun because it leaves a kind of comedy element to the scene where you're going, these guys are freaking out and oh my God, they're tied to him and how kind of funny it is that, to watch them freak because you're like, oh, it's horror at the same time. And uh-huh. Palmer kind of transforms in this monster and eats Windows head and then yeah, full on eats it and just roar, just head gone but he's still screaming so i don't know exactly what's happening but it's just yeah so when and widow's body is still kind of flailing and it's still there but so they have to kill palmer and like or, but or it's like a full monster they flamethrower him like full body burn in a tiny room yes really awesome yeah and then um and then they have to get the rest of windows body too it just is is windows he just didn't because i mean he had he He did not want to be there either he was like i don't want to be here this most of the movie he's just like trying to get contact with people i just want to not be here and And he's always like he's always asleep on the job like he just Mm -hmm. doesn't care and now he has to die for something he doesn't even really care about which is kind of sad uh but as soon as this happened gary requests that they untie him because he is okay and let's he doesn't want to be the re- spend the rest of the winter tied to the fucking couch yep gary he's clean but losing patience is what i wrote <laughs> yeah i think they're all losing patience. Yeah. uh but uh then they go to find blair who they want to has... go give him the blood test because they left him out in that shed though yes and they find that he's not in the shed that and they find some boards underneath then they get this tunnel and they find this spaceship which he has made out of all the parts he's been stealing yes from all the other like things so like the tractor and the helicopter. So he's literally made a new spaceship. And I was like, oh, he's definitely an alien now. He's definitely an alien. But here's this. This made me question this film's timeline because mm-hmm. I feel like this movie happens over a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But if he's built an entire spaceship, how long has Blair been in that shed? But also remember how fast the thing can replicate stuff. Okay. So uh, I'm thinking yeah. about the pace of like we went from like husky to like full crazy thing. Yes. I mean, that was pretty, pretty But fast. he's working with, like, the limitations of a human body. Like, he can't work at hyperspeed, but... We don't know that mm-hmm. because he can replicate things, too. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, but, could, but it can only replicate, like, organic material. It can't replicate, like, a table. I don't know how fast he's able to move stuff around, though. I mean, he had to make that tunnel, which he probably could have just, like, burrowed through as that creepy creature thing. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, I wondered about that, too, but I also was like, give or take... Who knows how long this thing has, you know, been around even yes. too. Who knows? Um, so then they finally, they realize what's happening. They re- they know the full spectrum of what's happening now. Then they say, okay, we're not going to get out of here. But neither is this thing getting out of here. So let's mm-hmm. fucking destroy it. So they so have. They're on a suicide mission. They're on a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. And they there's only a handful of them left. And they have dynamite strapped to themselves. They have pockets full of Molotov cocktails. They're like mm-hmm. ready for business and like systematically going door by door, room by room, just blowing shit up, which I'm sure if you're an eight year old boy is the most delightful thing you could ever see right. in your life. All of these explosions. So good. Um, but then you have Blair who shows up and sticks his hand in Gary's face. Like, Oh my God. Like face. into his face. Like just like, he's like dipping into a bag of like, you know, candy or something into his face. And that when I think, when I see these scenes, I always think about the actor and like how long that guy had to walk around with his hand on the other guy's face. Like, we'll, we'll or how much prosthetic did he have to like, like could that guy through? eat or drink anything that day? How did they, <laughs> these are the questions that I have. <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and of course, you know, as we know, horror movies, five a guy tip, never split up, especially like when your numbers are dwindling, 
you guys got to stick together. There's only like three of them left now. And of course they split up. And of course we'll be also because the thing is mesmerizing too. Yes. So I think that's a little bit of like the weird like, you know, alien hypnotism that happens sometimes too of like, holy crap, I would need to see this thing. So Child's like wonders off. Right. And Mac, like McCready is left trying to set this last little bit of dynamite to try to get this thing. And yep. And then holy shit, that thing rips through that crazy tunnel that they've got underneath there. The super thing. Like a super thing. Like, of course, now we've got like the super thing. It's, it's got all things. these faces and still part dog and still part human. It's everything now. It's like everything that is on that base. It is now part of this thing. And uh, McCready gives it a good fuck you too. And he says, well, fuck you too. Yep. Dynamite. Throws a dynamite, stick a dynamite at it. That'll and that'll. I like that we've I, as a horror movie favorite. I would say dynamite fire. Normally, ninety percent of things, like you can't kill ghosts with fire, but you can kill most all the monsters, monster and like alien, all the, yeah, things. all those other things. So, so he does that, and then um, he's he's you know gets out, gets out of the way of that thing, and heads up to like the one area of camp where they can kind of sit because everything else is literally decimated. And uh, he has his J and B, his bottle of scotch, and he's just going to mm-hmm. sit out there watch the world burn freeze to death but then childs come stumbling along and they still don't know there's still that that tension of suspect of each other like did we both are you okay now are you okay i don't know because you know as an imitation you would say you're okay but you might not be okay and like how do we know Mm -hmm. and you know he says well we won't last long and like maybe we shouldn't last long and maybe we should just wait around and see what happens and share the scotch and back and forth so they do and then they enjoy the the fire of the campfire right now while everything's burning around them. And they're going to freeze to death and that'll be that. Or they're going to have to burn each other because... One of them is going to turn into a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do... I love this ending, by the way. Mm-hmm. That this, this is the the you know the noble, noble sacrifice for the greater good that they're going to just like... We're going to have your main character who's been so gung-ho about staying alive this whole movie just be like, okay, this is how it I ends. Did my job. I did what I have to do and now we're done. So do you think either one of them are infected? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. There's a fan you? there's a fan theory that I read about that where because they had those bottles of Molotov cocktail mm-hmm. that uh the, the J and B bottles actually filled with gasoline and when he gives it to Chads to drink that that was like his test to see if he would drink it and pretend to be okay because he wouldn't know. It's just a fan it's just a fan theory. Oh I don't God, know. If I it's love true. fan theories. Fan theories are the best though. Uh, All right, let's get into this. You okay. want to get into this gore factor? Let's uh shall I? Yeah, please. Okay. One is not a flood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. Five, run for the barf bag. And the thing has to have a five. It's a five. I mean, wow. up. (laughs) I know that, and I know, you know, a lot of why it didn't do well is because of how gory it is. But I think this is some of the best gore in horror cinema history. It's wonderful. So incredibly creative, unique, inventive, and looks beautiful. It's so so weird. It's so great because it is, it's like, what would, what do you fear? Things that are stuck in between things. Yes. And that's what it is. It's like, it's not, you undescribable things. Yes. And just Mm -hmm. contorting the human body as if it isn't. A person, you know, mm-hmm. and just making it into a kind it's a of a tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well done, Rob Boutine. Well Super done. Super great. And then next we got some movie ratings. Um, Chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastical. I gave this a definite five. Yeah. I thought it was fan freaking fantastical. I love this from beginning to end. The pace was right on, um, you know, as it builds into like the tension is really great. The relationships were really cool. Um, and just seeing them contend with 
what do you do when you don't, when you can't trust anybody? It's not that yes. you don't, you just can't trust anybody in this situation. And that the, the people that you know and have spent months with could be not them is, you know, this very terrifying thing. I also gave it a five. I mm-hmm. think this movie is fucking bananas amazing. I really, really love it. I'm so surprised it didn't do well when it came out. Because I am shocked. I think this is one of John Carpenter's best films. I think the performances are great. My one beef is I think there's a couple too many characters. I think 12 is a lot of characters to keep track of. I think they I think, just wanted to have as many deaths as they I could. understand that. I understand mm-hmm. it's a body count thing. I get it. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like, like Alien has seven and I feel like that's a much... It's manageable and you can remember the character names. Yes, and every character can get their moments where you get to know them a little bit. And I feel like there's too many people in this one to get that real sense of who everyone is, except for McCready, who we spend a lot of time with. But uh, Kurt Russell is bitching as McCready. And I know, you know, a lot of the horror fan guys I know have, have tried to fashion the beard. The McCready beard. And I'm like, yeah, I get I it. I get it. Yeah. I, um, if you're out there and you got that beard, like, talk to me. Hit me up. <laughs> if you're a creepy uncle, Terry Gamble wants to talk to I'm you. I'm down for it. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next week, we will be wrapping up our science fiction horror round. Yes. With Event Horizon. Another movie I've not seen, but this is Adam's pick again. We love these movies, Adam. This has been super fun. Yes, it's a whole like different I, version of horror that's mm-hmm. but you know similar yet different. And so I'm very excited to see this one because it has some of our favorite actors in it. We Sam love Neil. Sam ah, We love him. So, so wonderful. So I can't wait to see it and uh talk with you guys about it next week. Yes, please do catch catch us, catch us, check us, check us. Yeah, check us out. Check us check out. out. <laughs> Sorry. On Twitter, fell, fell Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can check us on all those social medias. You can also give us a rating. Um, if you're, you know, listening to us on the iTunes or Stitcher and whatnot. Um, we love great reviews that helps uh, people find us. We love when we find new audience members, share the love of horror with a friend, and also check out our Patreon, um, horror movie survival guide on Patreon. And let us know what you think about the thing. Uh, how do you feel about that fan theory gasoline bottle ending? Let's, yeah, I would love to hear talk. what other people think about how that yes. who, really who, happened. Who was infected and who wasn't? This is what we want to know. And we were very excited to talk to you next week about Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Can't wait. <laughs>